0: Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Wednesday, February 21st, 527 a.m. Central Time. Grain markets are lower this morning. March corn futures down three quarters of a cent at 418 March soybeans down six at eleven seventy three, March Chicago wheat down three and a quarter at five seventy nine and a half. March Kansas City wheat down two and three quarters at 583. March spring wheat down three and a half at 662. Yesterday's rally attempt in the row crops was like kind of failed. Wheat actually had a really good day yesterday. We had an upside reversal in the Chicago wheat contracts. Let's start off with some uh, farmland news today.
1: Investment funds continue to pour into US farmland. At the end of 2023, investment funds held $16.6 billion in farmland according to the National Council of real estate investment fiduciaries. That number is up significantly from 7.4 billion at the end of 2020 and 1.8 billion at the end of 2008. Investors view farmland as a good way to diversify their holdings and protect themselves from downturns in the stock market. Farmland investment has also grown as the world population grows and demand for food increases. Family-owned farms, however, still account for 95% of all U.S. farms. Despite this, some farming organizations believe that the land grab by investment funds is putting rural communities in jeopardy.
0: I would probably agree with that last part. I think you're maybe at the very infancy of that, and maybe it's something that's just beginning. This is a very good article from uh, Financial Times. I'll put a link to this in the YouTube description. I got a couple things I'm going to read to you guys here. The average value of U.S. cropland has also swelled in recent decades, ri- rising to $5,460 per acre last year from 1270 in 1997. With the number of people on the planet set to rise 20% to about 10 billion by 2050, from 8 billion today, the world will need to produce 60% more food, according to UN Estimates. Um, Nobody told the corn and soybean markets about that, apparently. If you have a long-term view of the world, owning quality land with access to water is a good place to be, said one uh, fund manager. Another fund manager quoted in the FTP said, even some of the private assets that are known to be good diversifiers, such as real estate, were hit during 2022, whereas farmland actually performed quite well. So I think some of these investment managers are viewing farmland as like a non-correlated safe place to be. And we know there's a ton of money out there. There's a lot of money on the sidelines or or in uh, fixed income vehicles where, you know, they're trying to take advantage of these higher interest rates, but there's still a lot of stuff that's kind of on the sidelines. Um, and I think Mackenzie, you mentioned this only one to 3% of the farmland market is owned by investment funds. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the last piece here, they said this, the average age of an American of an American farmer is 58 this means that about 400 million acres of farmland is set to change hands in the next decade or so and that's kind of the the scary part because yeah, a lot of the land is going to be passed down we know there's a lot of transition planning going on but at the same time a lot of it's going to be sold and the odds of it being sold to a big investment firm are increasing and and increasing greatly as uh, the attractiveness grows here. I know a lot of people believe that farmland values have to correct. I just, I don't know if that's a fact given how much money is on the sidelines and, and how much money is out there. It's really incredible.
1: According to well-followed private group Ag Rural, 32% of Brazil's soybean crop had been harvested as of last Thursday. At this time last year, 25% of the crop had been harvested. The Brazilian soybean harvest has been accelerated this season due to hot and dry conditions. Harvest in the Brazilian states of Mato Grosso and Paraná is nearing completion in some areas. The country's second corn crop was 59% planted at the fastest pace since the group's record keeping began in 2013.
0: I didn't do weather maps this morning. The weather's pretty much benign or what I would call favorable as it relates to um, corn and soybean production. I think there's still a lot of questions regarding the soybean crop what is the the ultimate impact of early dryness we know the early yields weren't that great because uh those th- that was the early stuff was was dry and then the rains kind of started in december i threw this together this morning i threw in dr cordonier's number for brazilian soybean production he's at 145 which is uh lower than some of the other private groups argentina <clears throat> i've got adjusted up to 52 so in this instance you've got a combined <clears throat> excuse me brazilian and argentina soybean crop uh now south of 200 million metric tons which I guess that's a, a victory for the Bulls, if you want to call it that, but it's still a record crop. And the market just does not seem concerned about this. We had kind of a again a failed row crop rally attempt yesterday. And um, I, I think the Brazilian issue is is Brazilian and Argentina combined is it's just still kind of a a bearish undertone to all of this.
1: So if you guys have not checked out our premium content, you need to do so. You're not going to find content like this anywhere else. Joe, can you tell me about the video you put together yesterday?
0: Our friend Shay Folk was on yesterday, and uh, whenever Shay talks about grain marketing, you should listen. He had a tool that he made available, a um, spreadsheet where you can kind of punch in your grain sales, uh, weighted averages, spit out uh, ROIs. He made that for available free to everybody, I believe, and um, kind of stressed the importance Uh, forward marketing when things are good and uh, how it can really impact uh, your marketing overall when things get bad. If you guys want to see the premium stuff, there's a new video every single business day. Um, This goes along with our morning email, which goes out at 5 a.m. Central time, every single business day. ton of information direct from us, guys. This is a $50 per month subscription. You can cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. Uh, This is the best way to support what we're doing here, guys. Um, This is all independent media. We have no sponsors at all. So if you want to help us out, this is what pays the bills. YouTube doesn't pay us very much. The podcast pays us absolutely nothing. So this is what floats the boat for us. Premium subs, we love you guys. If you're not a premium sub, uh, we hope that uh, you will become one. I think you'll like it.
1: The Biden administration is expected to grant a request from eight Midwestern governors to allow year-round sales of E15 starting in 2025. The EPA's final rule on the proposal, which was sent to the White House back in December, was intended to take effect at the end of this April. Since the timeline has been pushed back, the EPA is anticipated to grant temporary waivers to enable E15 sales as needed until the proposal goes into effect. U.S. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack said that he is confident that the administration will expand E15 sales next year. The administration is anticipated to issue a, an official decision uh, by late March.
0: So you've got these these governors, I believe, from eight states, but they're talking nationwide. They want to do nationwide E15 year round, which could be a big picture A positive for uh demand for ethanol this is not something that's going to move the market today Uh, in this reuters piece they very clearly uh illustrated the fact that a lot of this is political this is a quote from um the article this one year delay could put off any potential localized price spikes and supply issues that the oil industry says could arise from the decision until after the u.s election so there is some political stuff going on here but um Uh, This this could be good long-term. It's not going to move the market today. And uh, I think the ethanol lobby is not going to be happy that it got kicked back. But uh, overall, you know, big picture, I suppose, a
1: positive. US soybean shipments declined last week. USDA reported that 44 million bushels of soybeans were inspected for export during the week ending February 15th. The print was down 12% compared to the previous week and down 25% compared to the same week last year. Corn shipments increased 3% versus the prior week at 36 million bushels. Wheat shipments were reported at 14 million bushels down 6.6% compared to the previous week, but up 1.7% versus the same week last year.
0: You'd like to see some better soybean shipments. Um, What traders and analysts call like pace analysis, where you take the pace of shipments and sales and try to figure out if we're going to hit USDA targets, it's becoming more difficult because Brazil is becoming a, a bigger player very, very, very quickly. They get bigger every year and as they get bigger, it kind of shortens the U.S. export window. So, I mean, I'd say we're on track-ish to hit the projections for corn and for soybeans. But you know what? The window may shut a little bit sooner than maybe it typically does. So it's, it's difficult to say if, if we're on track or not. I'd like to see some better soybean numbers. You should start to see better corn numbers uh, pretty soon.
1: USDA reported a flash sale of corn and soybean meal on Tuesday. US exporters sold 155,000 metric tons of corn to Japan for delivery during the 24 25 marketing year. US exporters also sold 228,000 metric tons of soybean meal to the Philippines for delivery during the current marketing year.
0: Corn sold to an Asian destination. It's not the Asian destination that we want to see. We'd like to see China in because China has the ability to move the needle very quickly if they decide that they have an appetite for US corn, whereas Japan is more of a routine buyer. They're, they're a solid buyer of US corn, but they're not the one that's going to really move the needle like China has the ability to, and that's the one that we would like to see, but good, good news nonetheless.
1: The US has warned its allies that Russia could launch a nuclear space weapon. According to people familiar with the situation, it is possible that Russia might launch the weapon into space before the end of the year. According to Russian President President Vladimir Putin, Russia has always opposed using nuclear weapons in space. However, if an explosion were to occur by accident, it would affect about two thirds of the satellites in space. The satellites wouldn't necessarily be destroyed, but the explosion would interfere with global communications. According to President Biden, a Nuclear space weapon does not pose a threat to human life.
0: Well, I guess the people who have been prepping uh, for the for the grid shutdown will be ready to roll. Um, yeah, no threat to human life with nuke, nukes in space. I don't know. I'll take his word for it, I guess. Cool. <laughs> Whatever. It's, it's terrifying. That's, it that's really terrifying. I don't have anything else to say about it. Um, what did cattle do yesterday?
1: Uh, cattle were mostly higher on Tuesday. Feeder cattle were 35 cents higher to 260 higher. Live cattle were down 37 cents to 82 cents higher. Box beef was mostly steady. Choice ended the day at 297.37. That was up 28 cents. Select ended the day at 287.82. That was up 42 cents.
0: Outside markets early on Wednesday, guys. U.S. dollars up just a little bit. Stocks are off a little bit. Bonds a little bit higher. Crude oil is down 51 cents in the April WTI at 76.53. Have a great day, guys. We'll talk to you on Thursday.